Witness protection can't erase his past. This is Nailgun Messiah, the first book in the Micah Reed series. One novel, read to you a chapter at a time. Join us each week for a new installment of the story and get the book at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun podcast. And now, the host and author, Jim Heskett. Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm Jim. Welcome back to the Nailgun Messiah podcast. I hope everybody is doing well and having a good time out there in life. And whether you're walking your dog or running along a trail or you're on the stair climber at the gym or you're, you know, in your garden pulling out weeds, whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to the dulcet towns sound, dulcet, hmm, dulcet tones of my voice that you are enjoying life and Grabbing it by the nutsack and living it to the fullest. Okay, um, so everybody, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. We have a very short reading this week, so I hoped you would um, allow me to talk a little bit about at the beginning. You know, you should always say something before you talk. So I wanted to say welcome first of all. Also, that I hope everyone had the chance to enter the um, the giveaway I was running that just ended on last Friday to uh, on the 26th of May 2016 to get uh, the name of your character one of my books I'm recording this before the contest ends so I can't tell you who won but I can tell you if you go to facebook.com forward slash author Jim Heskett uh, or Jim Heskett author I can never remember I think it's author Jim Heskett well if you just go to Facebook and you search for author Jim Heskett you'll find me that's me I'm pretty sure I'm the only author Jim Heskett on Facebook I posted the winner there also you should like me on Facebook because I do I post funny pictures and other bullshit like that about my writing career on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jim Heskett, but I'm not really a big fan of Twitter. I'm trying to be a little more active with it and, and like actually do useful stuff there, but I'm really not a Twitter guy. I'm just not. I gave Google Plus the old college try a little while ago, and it's just you can't you can it's too easy to spread yourself way too thin with social media, right? I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, like. I use ift, um, if this, then that, ifttt.com, uh, which is really handy for social media because you can like set up all these rules that if you post something here, it also posts it there. Because like, I have a Tumblr account, and I haven't looked at it in years, but I post to there regularly because I have all these ift rules set up that if I post something here, it also posts it on Tumblr and Twitter and Instagram, yada, yada, yada. You guys don't care about that. So uh, a little piece of business now that the the giveaway to do the uh, get your name in my book is over. I'm running another giveaway at jimheskett.com forward slash contest where you can win autographed copies of my whistleblower trilogy. I don't think I've mentioned the whistleblower trilogy on this show yet, but in addition to the Micah Reed series, I also wrote a thriller trilogy, a thrilogy if you will, sorry, that joke was terrible, of books um, called The Whistleblower Trilogy, that's Wounded Animals, The Legend of Kareem, and Both Ends Burning. Uh, the books follow a man named Tucker Candle, who finds himself in the middle of a vast conspiracy. He's sort of an everyday normal guy who finds himself at the center of this conspiracy, and the book series is about him puzzling his way to um, puzzling his way out and trying to keep himself and his family safe. 
And the the first book, Wounded Animals, starts off with he goes on a business trip. He receives a warning from a stranger not to go on a business trip, but he goes on the business trip anyway. And when he comes back, he finds his wife missing and a dead man in his bathroom. And so that's what begins the first book. And then everything gets more and more sinister from there. It's edge of your seat. The price of the book includes the whole seat, but you will only need the edge. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just use a cheesy monster truck rally announcer voice analogy at you. As you can probably tell while I'm recording this, I'm in a bit of a weird mood today, but that you know what, that's cool. I hear I hear from my listeners that you guys actually like that when I'm all goofy and, and, and trying to be funny. Because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Anyway, I just wanted to share one other thing um, before we get into some readings. That I just finished this book by Blake Crouch called Abandon. It's really awesome, and I think you guys should check it out. It's uh, Blake Crouch wrote the Wayward's Pine trilogy, Wayward Pines trilogy, which uh, they turned into a TV show with with um, Matt or Kevin Dillon, one of the Dillons, and uh, Terrence Howard and a bunch of other people. And um, I, I like I like those books. The TV show was man, it was okay, but the books were great. And he he wrote another book called Abandon, which I think is really awesome. And it's kind of if you're a fan of my um, wilderness survival thriller slash mystery Reagan's Ashes, I think you would really dig um, Abandon. It's it tells two parallel stories. It's about this town that everyone in the town disappeared one day. And so it's it's about what happened in that town in the last few days before everyone disappeared, and also about this group of explorers in um, south uh, southeastern no southwestern Colorado, who go to try to explore this town like 150 years later. So it like switches back and forth between the 1890s and and or 1860s or something in the present day. It's really good, really good book. That's abandoned by Blake Crouch. Anyway, go check it out. So let's get this show on the road. Sorry, you might have just heard my cat purring in the microphone. She will not leave me alone right now. Um, no kitty. Get away. Um, uh, we'll go ahead and do the reading this episode. It's going to be a very short one, short and sweet. Let me give you a little bit of uh, backstory on what we're going to read. So to bring you up to speed, previously on Nailgun Messiah. You might remember last episode or two episodes we go ago, we met a new character named Father Thomas Benedict, who's the Catholic priest in Nederland. And while he was giving confession, a young woman who we discovered in that chapter is Hannah, who lives in the house with Micah and Magda and Lila and all the others. And the rest, we discovered that she came in to uh, give confession she spoke in very vague terms about being in trouble, and Father uh, Benedict was upset, and he knew that he had to help her. So, oh wait, also, if you remember that at the house at 1623 Caribou, where Micah is staying and Magda lives, they do Bible study every Tuesday and Friday. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into the reading. I think I've told you everything you need to know. Father Benedict pulled his jacket close as the wind picked up, swirling the snow around him and turning tree branches into whips. Through the trees, he spied the house off Caribou Road. As darkness descended, lights flickered on and a few stragglers left cars parked in the front yard to enter the house. They were having some kind of party or gathering inside. A week had passed since young Hannah had come to give him a scattered and vague confession, and he'd thought of her every day, worried about her. 
At first, he'd hoped she would come back, but with each passing day, he increasingly believed that her confession was a one-time happening. She had stolen away from the house somehow to meet him in secret. Whatever her circumstances, he knew he had to help this woman. It was his duty. A note sat folded in his pocket with his plan to help her, but the note was hazy and without direction, since he didn't know what kind of trouble she was in, only that she felt trapped living in this house and he would do whatever possible to assist her. He could have called the authorities, but didn't want to get her in trouble if they visited, found nothing, and the woman keeping her here suspected her of descent, that powerful and angry, bald-headed woman. He didn't even know her, but he knew these things to be true. No, he would have to aid Hannah on his own, unless he could prove something illegal was happening. As his eyes adjusted to the growing darkness, he crouched to move through the trees. He had to be careful, since he'd heard a bear had been spotted in the hills near town not three days ago. God might not be so willing to intervene and save his life if he put himself in the path of one of those beasts. The last of the house guests had gone inside, and the front door swung shut. He couldn't enter the house, and that wasn't in his plans anyway. He needed to find whatever bedroom belonged to Hannah and get this note to her, and only to her, because if someone else saw it, she might be punished. Benedict needed precision. He kept working his steps in an arc around the front, keeping a wide berth to avoid the motion sensor lights illuminating the area in the yard that flicked on and off with the movement of the trees. He spotted three windows on the east side of the house and decided to check those. The first of the three windows was open a few inches, and he ducked low beneath it and then rose as close as he could, straining his ear to focus on the jumbling of sounds coming from inside. A woman speaking. The lamb took the book from God's hands, and he intended to unlock each of the seven seals one by one. When the seventh seal is opened, then it will be time to be counted. He recognized this voice. The same woman who had been ranting and raving at the Indian restaurant those months ago. The tall woman with the fiery eyes and charismatic preaching style. These types were always animated and captivating because people trust a charismatic speaker become receptive to the words, no matter their content. Footsteps echoed from inside and drew close, and he resisted the urge to flee. He was safely hidden next to the window. The window shut next to him, and he paused, then dared a peek, keeping his head as far back as possible. He could see through a sitting room into a living room where the woman was presiding over everyone in a grand chair while as many as fifteen people sat on the rug before her. She held a black Bible in her hand with dozens of post-it notes jutting out from pages. If Benedict were right about this woman, he could guess that she had marked pages mostly in the books of Daniel and Revelation. All prophecy and symbolism easily opened a perverted and manipulative interpretation. The vaguer the passage, the more people believed you when you claimed to have the sole correct interpretation. He whipped his head back before anyone could spot him outside the window. On to the next option. The other two were shut, and he approached the second cautiously, and then peered inside to a darkened room. He had the troubled notion that Hannah might be at this Bible study with the rest of them. He could try to leave the note in her room, but which one was it? What if she was on the second floor? He wasn't suited to sneaking inside and creeping past everyone in the house like some kind of secret agent. Maybe this had been a terrible idea. Still, he pressed on. 
He paused at the third window, taking care to keep out of view since he could see light inside the room. He edged closer and closer to the window to look. A bookcase came into focus, then a wardrobe, and then a doorway into a bathroom. He could see further along the wall with each inch he crept. Eventually, he saw a bed and a nightstand, but no people. No way to tell whose bedroom this was. He barely knew anything about this young woman who had come to see him in such despair, but how would he expect to find it on sight? He leaned against the house with his hands on his knees, taking long and slow breaths to consider what to do next. If only God would give him some kind of sign, but he seemed to be receiving little guidance this evening. This is private property, said a voice with a harsh and guttural tone. Benedict shot up straight. At the next corner of the house stood a man in a long black coat with a baseball bat in his hand, the nose pointed at the ground. The man lurched a few steps closer, letting the bat drag through a snowdrift. He had not raised the bat in anger, at least not yet. Benedict lifted his hands, trying to show surrender. Easy, friend. I mean you no harm. A glaze of moonlight fell on the man's face. He was brown-skinned, with deep acne scars turning his face into something like the surface of the moon. Why are you here? the man said. I'm... I'm lost. I was looking for a house on Caribou Road. What number? I don't... I don't know exactly. I only know it's on Caribou and there's a gate near the turnoff. This is 1623, the man said as he moved closer still. Benedict backed off, but the man smiled. Wait. I know who you are, the man said. You're the priest from the Catholic Church. Out selling some indulgences this evening? Benedict couldn't help staring at the baseball bat. The man still hadn't raised it, but the arm holding it seemed tensed, ready to strike. I apologize if I've come to the wrong house. I didn't mean to cause any trouble. The man finally lifted the bat and rested it on his shoulder. Benedict could see scars up and down the wood that didn't look as if they'd come from hitting baseballs. It's time to leave, priest. I'm only going to tell you once. Rather than belabor the point, Benedict bowed his head and reversed course. He had no idea how he would get word to young Hannah that he wanted to help her, but coming here tonight hadn't done anything to further that cause. Okay, friends, I think that is all we're going to read for today. Um, you know, as I'm, I think I mentioned this before, but as I'm reading through this, I'm not reading it by chapter or even scene. I'm reading it in various installments. So if you want to actually get the full experience and read it by chapter, and there's chapter headings, and I don't bother reading the chapter headings, you know, they're, if you want that full experience, you can go get the book. Um, if you go to jimheska.com forward slash nailgun, you can get the book on that site. And there's also a link there to get the prequel novel, Airbag Scars, to this book for free. All you have to do is give up your email address. That's all you got to do. Just give up your email and you get the goods. All right, everybody. That's all I have to say for this episode. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Don't deprive them of this show. Go to www.jimheskid.com forward slash nailgunpodcast for information and we'll see you next week. 